The Beat Church, bringing you messages of inspiration, hope, and freedom. Turn up the volume and get ready for the truth that will set you free. Uh, but we're going to jump in on Mother's Day now. And so if you are uh, a child of a mother, stand up. Let's just start there. Okay, if you are a child of a mother. All right, look around, okay? Look around, all right? You can sit down now. Look, we all have this in common. How amazing. All of us at some point, maybe your mother's not here anymore, but all of us at some point are the child of a mother. How crazy is that? Just boom, like that. It doesn't matter how tall you are, how short you are. It doesn't matter how big you are or how little you are, how smart you are or how not as smart you are. Like, none of it matters. We all came at some point from a mom. So we owe a lot to moms. And I'm going to go through and talk a little bit about some definitions. And I thought, you know what? There's a lot of ways to look up definitions. But I'm going to try the Urban Dictionary because people just make up their own stuff. Like actual real kids that have had moms. And so definition number one for a mom is someone who can make your missing things appear. Okay? And so it gave some dialogue so we can understand these definitions. It says, me, mom, where's my phone? Mom, I don't know. Have you checked the kitchen table? Me, of course I did. Mom walks in the kitchen, comes out with the phone. Mom, then what's this? Anybody ever done that before? Moms and wives have a lot in common because my wife does this to me. Another definition for a mom, the one who knows where all of your stuff is. Kind of a theme here. Moms seem to know a lot about your stuff. Hey, where's my sweater? I don't know. Go ask mom. Right? Anybody else's house run like that? Mine's run like that. Now, here's one that uh, moms don't get offended. Okay? These are private thoughts of teenagers. Okay? They're posting online unprivately. Definition of a mom, a crazy loon. Didn't stop there. Relax. A crazy loon that you love or who loves you so much, yet she drives you insane. She cares for you, but embarrasses you in front of all your friends and makes you want to scream and cry. She's someone who you want to throw out the window every so often, but is someone you truly can't live without. And here's an example. Mom, how dare you get an A instead of an A+. Me, okay, I'm sorry. Me, breathe. Anybody ever done that to your mom? Breathed? <sighs> Nothing more insulting than breathing to your mom. <laughs> right? Mom looks over you like, <sighs> I saw that. Mom's response, watch your tone, little lady or little man. Where did you learn that from? Your friends? <laughs> breathing. <sighs> Any teenagers get that from your mom at all? Like you breathe and it's like, they're all like, they don't want to get grounded for exposing it at church. It's like I saw a meme that said everyone has secrets until their kids go to Sunday school. She's like, so how are things going in your house? Oh, my mom and dad are. Okay. Another definition for mom. The reason why I haven't starved to death yet. Me to my mom. No mommy, please. Don't make me move out of the house. Who will cook food for me? Who will make my laundry? Who will read my bedtime stories? Who will kiss me on the cheek? When I get a boo-boo. And that's coming from a teenager. That's not even a kid anymore. 
So, and well, nowadays that could be coming from a 30 or 40 year old. Who knows? I mean, let's just be honest. All right, here's a long one. Mom, a woman who does a lot for her family, she works every day with a monthly day off. A monthly day off. Any moms get a monthly day off? Like, hey, this is the day this month where you don't have to, like, do anything or be a mom? My, my wife wears this mom off-duty badge on her shirt on Mother's Day, and it absolutely does no good. <laughs> it's totally useless. It's like me and hairspray. No good. doesn't matter. <laughs> What's the point? But she wears it. Makes her feel good. Uh, takes care of her children, even takes care of her husband. <laughs> she will do anything for her family. She will even uh, work two, maybe three or more jobs if she has to. She even usually buys you things that you want, even if you don't deserve or need them. Her love is unconditional, even when she is mad at you. She still loves you. And you should never forget that. Never take your mother for granted, because one day she's going to be gone. I think a mom wrote this one. (laughs) Snuck it in there as a kid. And you're never going to know when. It could be tomorrow, in a couple of days, in a couple of weeks. It could even be today. The point is, your mother loves you, and you should love and appreciate her, too, because she could be gone any day. She might already be gone, and I'm sorry if that's the case. But just know that she's still with you in your heart and memories, and she's watching you from heaven, and she still loves you even if she isn't here. So please, if you're reading this, it will only take a couple of minutes to stop what you're doing and go tell your mom that you love her, text her, or call her and tell her. And so this is a picture of my mom that's going up. And uh, you can see my mom's in the middle right there. Little green shirt right there. Yeah, or the little red shirt. And I'm, I'm just thinking about green. I'm thinking about, I meant to say grin. See, look at her smile. This is my mom. So my mom was always like that. Well, as soon as you got the kids around, that was it. You couldn't see her eyeballs anymore. Like, you didn't know she's looking at you or not because she just couldn't keep her face straight. And she just loved having all the kids there. Um, and so that was actually taken, oh, maybe, maybe a week or two weeks before she passed away. And uh, she had a sudden aneurysm in her brain and was gone. My mom specifically, uh, she believed that if you prayed for something, it was okay, no matter what. So if you ate sugar, butter, which that's all she cooked with was sugar and butter, that was it. I have no other ingredients. (laughs) Like, this doesn't taste good. More butter. Okay, still doesn't taste good. More sugar. Mom, it's chicken. Butter and sugar. Just put it on there. You'll like it. And kept piling it on. And then once we got grandkids, we tried to take care of our kids better because the next generation always wants to do better, right? I'm going to raise my kids better. So we drop them off and say, Mom, okay, let's not do a bunch of sugar. Let's not do a bunch of... She's like, we prayed over it. And I'm like, it's sugar. It's like that. And you got cake on the counter. You just say, that's all they're going to eat the whole day. We prayed over that. And it will be fine. <laughs> Praise God. Praise the Lord. But she believed that 100%. And so that's how I grew up. And we used to leave all the food on the counter. And it never even went to the fridge. Um, so you would just take the cheese out. And advance. you know if you leave cheese on the counter long enough, it becomes translucent? Okay. You can see through it. But you know what? We prayed over it. And I'm still here. Praise the Lord. But this is my mom. But we're going to take a minute. And this service is going to have a couple of interactive things in it. But we're actually going to take a minute right now as this last... Uh, Lovely definition stated that someone posted. Please, if you're reading this, it will only take a couple of minutes to stop whatever you're doing. Whoever you are, we're stopping church right now. So go tell your mom that you love her, text her, call her, or tell her. So we're going to take a moment right now. Pull your phones out. 
Some of you already had it out, so now you actually can have it out without any trying to hide it. Okay, and just take a moment to do one of two things. Either text your mom or make a post about your mom the day of social media and just tell your mom why you're thankful for her. And so just it only takes a moment. I'm going to do it also. My mom's gone, but I'm going to actually make a post. And just say that you can, yeah, if you've got phones and that, just take it out and then just put in there something sincere. Don't just say thank you. Put in something sincere about your mom that you'd say, Mom, thank you for this. Appreciate this. And then tag her in that if it's on social media so she knows that you posted it and she can find it. Because this is a very true definition. You don't know how long you'll have her. You don't know if she'll be here tomorrow. You don't know if she'll be here at the end of today. And she says such a huge blessing. Well, my mom was never there for me. My mom abandoned me. My mom didn't care for me. As we all saw at the start of this service, you are literally only here because of your mom. And so I know moms don't do everything perfect and not everything's right. But at the very least, your existence is owed to your mom. And so that's enough to be grateful for, enough to be thankful for. Um, And so I'm going to give us about 60 seconds while I do mine. And if you're with us online, take a moment in the silence here and just make a post that honors your mom as well. And then we're going to jump into a character in the Bible who had two moms, which some of you may also have. All right, and if any of you moms have burner accounts, and so you go in and you, and you go in and you do your own uh, little praise things on yourself and stuff like that, that's okay too. Um, and if you notice uh, a bird flying around in here today, it is a mother bird. There are babies also. And so until Mother's Day's over, it's just welcome here. And then after that, we'll figure out what to do. <laughs> Call in a hunting squad or something. I don't know. We actually discovered it this morning, but it, we can't find it. We can hear it, but we can't find it. The whole church is watching it. Oh, if someone takes a picture of it. No, we've done that before. We had a bug in here once. This is Texas. We had a bug in here, and I grabbed it, and I tried to throw it out the door, and I threw it on Courtney Snalem. <laughs> Service didn't go well. Okay, so there is a bird here. In the Bible, birds were signs of blessing. They brought back the, the little olive branch after the ark. Remember that? And we all knew we weren't going to die. So just consider that this is an amazing blessing. I have a bird. Yeah, amen. If it drops on you, I already talked to Stosh, didn't I? Stosh is already ready. If it does a drop on you, his eyes are open and watching. He's going to rush up with a spray bottle and a rag, and he's going <laughs> to clean you up. He's already committed to that. Stosh does all of our cleaning at the church. He actually comes in at 6 a.m. on Sunday mornings and cleans the whole church for us. Can we just give Stosh a hand for that? Thank you, Stosh. Stosh, can you stand up? Go ahead, stand up, Stosh. Let's see you. There he is, Stosh. That's Stosh. He does that all by himself. He does amazing. So thank you for that blessing. But if something drops on you, don't be surprised if Stosh isn't rushing upon you with a spray bottle and a rag. Okay. So 
thank you for posting that for your moms. It's going to be a great appreciation for them. And it's important to just honor our moms, to love them, to show them that, hey, what you do matters. What you do is important. But we're going to jump into Exodus chapter 1 and chapter 2. Uh, this is the story of a character in the Bible that had two moms, Moses. Moses had two moms, which is amazing. And so uh, there are interactive things in this service, so just be ready for a little bit of interaction again as we go throughout, because uh, there's going to be a couple times I'll ask you to do things. But the first mom that we're going to talk about, her name was Jochebed, or Jochebed. And so this was his first mom, and that was his bio mom. Okay, so that was his mom that actually birthed him. And so if you are a bio mom and you have actually had a child, you've made people, as they say on TikTok, right? I've made people. What have you done? If you've actually made a child, right, that would be including you. Okay, so just raise your hand if you are a mom that has actually, you are a bio mom. You've actually had a child, okay? And so now if you are a bio mom who did it with no medication or anything, raise your hand. Okay. Wow. Now, if you are a bio mom who did it without a breathing partner, an incredible breathing partner like your husband or like me, like I was a breathing partner, go ahead and raise your hand. Look, at that's amazing. That's even better than no medication. No breathing partner. Our role is so important, Kyle. Did you guys know my wife punched me in the mouth when she was giving birth to our first child? That is an actual fact. Is... They were telling her to push, 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 and then we got to that point, and the nurse says, stop, the head is right there, like, don't let her, don't let her breathe. But we were counting to 10, and then she pushed, 10, push, they said, don't let her do that, don't let her push, it'll come out. Rushes out to get, so I stopped counting. She says, why did you stop counting? I said, I didn't. She says, count, because she needs to get to her next breath. So I counted slowly. I said, one. And this is what started happening. And I'm just standing there. And the next thing I know, bam, right in the mouth, hard. My whole lip swells up. I start laughing hysterically because I can't believe I just got punched in the face for trying to be a breathing coach. And then the nurse walks back in with the doctor and looks at me. My lip is huge. Tears are coming down my face from laughing. My wife is furious. There's a baby hanging halfway out into the world, <laughs> witnessing all of this. And I'm just like, and the nurse is like looking at me, and she's like, I only left for like 15 seconds. You couldn't handle this by yourself. It's hard. So you bio moms, just wow. Okay, amazing. You guys accomplished such a great feat. Uh, but here is Moses' mom. I'm not going to have the words on the screen because they would have come out too small for you to read. Um, so you can follow along, but it is in Exodus 1 and 2, if you do want to look that up on your phone or in your Bible, uh, but I'm just going to read uh, directly and just kind of break the story down as we go. This was in Egypt when the Israelites were in slavery. It says, the king of Egypt said to the Hebrew midwives, uh, whose name were uh, Shifra and Puah, it says, when you are helping the Hebrew women during childbirth on the delivery stool, if you see the baby is a boy, kill him. Okay, so the baby comes out, just kill that. If it's a boy, kill it. We don't want any more boys. Because the boys were becoming too much. Well, the Israelites were becoming too much, and they could take over Egypt, they felt like. They were getting too big. So if it comes out, and that's a boy, just boom, kill him right there. And let it be done. And he says, but if it's a girl, let her live. The midwives, however, feared God and did not do what the king of Egypt had told them to do. 
They let the boys live. And then the king of Egypt summoned the midwives and asked them, why have you done this? Why have you let these boys live? And the midwives answered Pharaoh, Hebrew women are not like Egyptian women. They're vigorous, and they give birth before we even arrive. And so they're trying to, like, dig their way out of this so they don't get in trouble. And uh, so this was their excuse. And so God was kind to the midwives, and the people increased and became more in, no, more in number. And because the midwives feared God, he gave them families of their own. And so the, their families are growing. Things are happening. But then Pharaoh gave this order to all of his people. Every Hebrew boy that's born, you must throw into the Nile River, but every girl let live. So took it out of the midwives' hands and just told the Egyptians, if you see a Hebrew boy that's born, throw them in the river. Right? Get rid of them. So they're under this pressure that any boy that's born has to be gone, has to be killed, um, so that they wouldn't overcome. And, you know, part of that is their desire for their own benefit, their own well-being as, you know, the Egyptians. It was more important than babies. And there is some, uh, definitely some parallels to that in our own current, in our own current culture. Uh, people are willing to give up babies for their own convenience or for our own convenience. Um, and that's similar to this type of a thing. It was, this was for our nation. This was better for us. We didn't want to do this. So this is fine. Uh, and to let them go. But this is something that they were doing. But here is a pregnant mom. She's already had two kids. She already had Moses' older sister, Miriam, and his older brother, Aaron. But at this point, now you're not allowed to have another kid. So they're going to throw this kid out. So that takes us on in her story. It says, now a man of the tribe of Levi had married a Levite woman, and she became pregnant and gave birth to a son. This is her third one. Uh, Moses is her, th her third child. When she saw that he was a fine child, she hid him for three months. She's trying to hold, you know, keep him. He lived. He made it. I'm going to hide him out so nobody will take him. But when she could hide him no longer, she got a papyrus basket for him, coated it with tar pit so that it would float, and then she placed him in it, put it among the reeds along the bank of the Nile, and then her sister stood at a distance to see what would happen to him. She put him in this basket, and she just floated him down the river, hoping that he would make it, hoping that he would live. Now, that is something that still today also happens. There are a lot of moms who at some point in their, they, ha, they, they bring their child into the world, and for whatever reason, they have decided that the best way for this child to have a chance in this life is for me to try to send them to another family. And they give them up for adoption or for fostering. We adopted a little girl, and she's an amazing part of our life. But it's a similar situation that happened there with a mom that's like, this is not going to work. This, is, this, this child is not going to survive or make it here in this environment and where we're at. And so I'm going to send her off to find a place where she has a chance. And so there's moms that have done that. And that's, you know, sometimes people can look down on that and say, well, why would you do that? Give up your kid. That, sometimes that's the most courageous decision and extremely hard and difficult. And moms have had to make that decision. And then they live sometimes with a lot of guilt and a lot of shame that they've had to do that. But what a courageous decision to be able to bring the child all the way into the world knowing that I'm going to have to have this separation. I'm going to have to let them, I'm going to have to let them go for them to have a chance. Um, and so if you ever see a mom that's in that situation you know, bring love, bring encouragement, bring support. If your mom, by chance, had to do that with you and gave you up for adoption or gave you up to foster and you felt bitterness to that or you felt a feeling of a lack of value or abandonment for that and you weren't there and you don't know her full situation, I would just encourage you just to go to the Lord and let God speak to your heart. Sometimes it is maybe what gave you the chance to make it. And maybe life isn't what you hoped it was, but maybe in her shoes, in her situation, it was like this is the best chance 
that my child will have. And she was really trying to love you through that and to be able to just receive that. But this is what Moses' mom did, sent her off in the pain. And here's the things that she had to do to do that. One, she had to, she had to risk her own life in order for that to happen. Because in giving birth, in breaking those laws, the child could be taken away, but she could also be killed in trying to hide it and keep it. So she literally gave birth to this child at risk of her own life, at risk of the child's life, at risk of her family, at risk of her finances, at risk of everything, and gave birth, put him in the basket, and sends him down. And she did that in fighting to put his life first, in fighting to preserve his life and give him a chance to live. And that was difficult, but that was his, that was his mom. And so his mom didn't get the chance to be there for him for his whole life, but what an important role that she was able to play in who Moses became and in what happened in Moses' life. But Jah, his, others, his other mom's name was Jah, and she was the foster adoptive mom. And here's that passage. Pharaoh's daughter went down to the Nile to bathe, and her attendants were walking along the riverbank. She saw the basket among the reeds and sent her female slave to get it. She opened it, and she saw the baby. He was crying, and she felt sorry for him. This is one of the Hebrew babies, she said. So here, this basket comes down, and she sees the basket. She opens it up, and it's a baby. And it's obvious as soon as she sees it, this is not an Egyptian baby. This is a Hebrew baby. Okay, this is Pharaoh's daughter. She's being raised in the house of the king, the same king that said that any Hebrew boy is supposed to be killed. And she chooses not to kill it. She chooses to Bring him home. I'm going to bring this baby home. Now, there's lots of things that kids bring home. And you're like, why did you bring that home? I got a cat brought home to my house. And I'm sitting up in the movie room, and my wife, who's always been against cats, never could have a cat. And so I always backed her up with that, never could have a cat. We were on a team. We were on a team. And I'm sitting there watching the show, and all of a sudden, my wife comes up, and she stands right in front of me. And I said, what's up? And she's like, well, we just need to talk about something. And I'm like, oh, okay. She's like, um, you're going to see it in a minute. The kids are going to come up and talk to you, and I think we should talk about it. But just that whole dialogue is telling me that suddenly, I don't think we're on a team anymore. <laughs> this is the talk before somebody switches sides, Right? And I'm like, okay, let's get to the point. What, what's changing in our life that we're no longer a team? And she's like, well, there's a cat. And I'm like, no problem. I back you 100%. Cat's gone. She's like, well, that's what we need to talk about. <laughs> Next thing I know, the kids are up there begging me and talking to me and pleading with me about how wonderful it's going to be for our life and everything. And it's been fabulous, fantastic. Oh, we love it. Absolutely, <laughs> we do. <laughs> So great. One benefit is we don't have birds inside of our house. <laughs> so if we got a cat for the church, that could help. But we get this cat. You can bring home a cat, which proceeded to tear up part of the carpet in our house and do different things that cats do. And now I've got tape and I'm fixing it. And I'm, doing, I'm like, this is why we didn't want to have a cat. But it loves us. Cats don't love people. Cats use people. They don't even let you pet them. They're not friendly. So this is what happens if we bring home a cat. She brought home a kid. She brought home a kid from the people they were afraid was going to take over their whole country and from the people that they're supposed to kill all of those kids. And she brings this baby home. And there was a huge cost to her for that. 
If you go back and you actually read through like the Hebrew history and stuff, she was, you know, it's talked about that she was exiled from, from her family. So she was still there, she still lived there, but she was put out, like put aside. She lost, she lost economically, she lost socially, she lost in all kinds of ways for taking Moses in and raising him. But she took him in and she raised him as her own. And so she says, it's one of the Hebrew babies. She says, then his sister asked Pharaoh's daughter, shall I go and get one of the Hebrew women to nurse the baby for you? Because the baby needs to be able to eat. And here's the cool thing of what God does sometimes. She said, yes, go. So the girl went and she got the baby's mother. How cool. She literally put the baby in the basket, floats the baby down the river, watches to make sure somebody's able to rescue it, sees that it's an Egyptian that picks up the baby, and what would your thought be? That didn't work out well. He's gone. Grieving, she's most likely grieving at home that she tried and the baby's dead, picked up by an Egyptian, and then somebody comes knocking on the door and brings back her baby and asks her if she would nurse him until he's older. And not only that, but check this out. The daughter said to her, take this baby and nurse him for me, and I will pay you. She gets her son back, and then she gets income for the family to sit and to nurse her baby. She's just beautiful, God's provision. So many times in working with, with moms, working with, especially with single moms or moms are going through hardship, I have seen God come and so faithfully bring provision and blessing to take care of them in their life. No matter what the struggle is, no matter how hard it can get, that God always shows up, that he always blesses and takes care of them. And it was just awesome. And so she took the baby and she nursed him. And when the child grew older, she took him back to Pharaoh's daughter and he became her son. And she named him Moses, saying, I drew him out of the water. Like I literally pulled him from death. I pulled him out of the water and now he's my son. And so this is the one that came out and adopted him and brought him back in. So if you're here, and we have a lot of, of these in our church, if you're here and you're an adoptive or a foster mom, you've adopted kids or you fostered kids, would you stand up? If you're a foster or an adoptive mom, stand on up. Come on, Elizabeth. How awesome is that? Fred, you can stand up on her behalf. There you go. There you go. So awesome. We were in the hallway. I'm going to tell a Fred story. I'm getting sidetracked. But we were in the hallway, and Kira was walking with me. We were walking when Fred first came to our church. We're walking, and she's, like, looking at her toy or something, and all of a sudden she just runs into his shins, stops, and she's just little. She's only, like, two and a half at the time. Stops, looks up. It's just really loud. She goes, Dad, he's a big one. <laughs> oh, I said, yep, he's a big one. He's a big one. And then she just kept going about her way. Like, observed, noted, and now I'm on my way to go play. Okay. But foster and adopt him on. That's who she took him in. And there is something you have to be willing to do if you are a foster or an adoptive mom, is you have to be willing to have compassion on a suffering and hurting child, someone who you know has been either abandoned or has gone through some difficult thing, and be able to take them in and 
not treat them or respond to them as there's some just guest in your house or some extra person that's around that you take care of, but to really to take them in and to actually somehow miraculously be able to give your heart to them fully and love them as your own child, which is just an amazing thing. And so for all those in our church that have done that or able to do that, that is just an incredible thing. And you are a huge blessing to be able to take that step. And when you talk about the kids on the other side of that, okay, some of us in here are, have been adopted or have been fostered. We have many of those in our church that someone has taken you in. And sometimes it's not even officially we had people growing up all the time that lived with us for extended periods of time, one year, two years, three years, that would come and live with us, and that my mom would take them in and become their mom. And they would stay with us for several years before they would leave, and they never had another mom. They didn't have another dad. The ability to take your love and to take someone else into it and to really make them feel cared for and to make them feel covered and to make them feel, feel significant and valued it's just a powerful thing that moms do, and that's what happened with Moses. She had that compassion. She surrendered herself to God and not to her own comfort, to her own life and her own status. She put all those things aside. You know, we did that in a degree with, with adopting, and my wife did that. You know, at one point, my wife was so excited to hit, you know, we uh, had our business and stuff, and we've always had minivans, and we've always had stuff to transport lots of kids and stuff, and all that was gone, and she was so excited to get one of those little tiny mini compact SUVs, right? So we got rid of the van, we got this little tiny compact SUV, and she's so excited. And then the next thing you know, we're adopting, and we need car seats again, and we still need to be able to move stuff around and put strollers in it, and all these things going on. And it seemed like a small thing, but it was years in these minivans, and she's like, I don't like minivans, I don't want to drive this van. Finally got this vehicle, that boom, the vehicle's gone. Why? Because we need something to haul. Little, we need to put a little baby in there. We need to do this. That doesn't include not being able to sleep. Last night, she slept in a three-year-old's bedroom, surrounded by little princess stuff, because the three-year-old came in our bed and couldn't get settled, and so flip-flop twisted all around the entire night, and so finally, I wake up, and I was thinking, I'm going to go in the other room, so they have room, and I look over, and the only people left are just me and a little girl, and my wife's gone, even giving up her bed to make sure that the little girl has a place, that Kira has a place to just be loved. And so there's just a sacrifice that moms put out there, just a sacrifice, whether they're bio moms or foster adoptive moms, they're always putting out to help and to care for and to put themselves after their kids, to put themselves after their needs, to show up at every season, every time if they're sick, to be the ones there while they're puking all over the place, while they got fevers, while something's going on, but mom's there, like they have a super immunity, moms just don't get sick or they lie about it. So they have super immunity or they're really good liars, I don't know. But they don't seem to ever get sick when they take care of their kids, right? They're, just, they're caring for them. They're helping them. They're being there. They're loving them. And so these are all the things that uh, these moms went through. And her name, actually, the, the bio mom's name, by the way, uh, Bat-Yah, was originally Bat, just B-A-T. Yah is, actually comes from Yahweh, which is the name for God uh, back in the Hebrew times. And so her name was extended and added to when she adopted Moses, uh, because adopting Moses was moving from this heart of the world, which was trying to kill Moses and kill, kill the babies, but actually has moved into this heart of God. And so her name actually changed, as God often changes names, because she took on the heart of God in order to bring in this child. And so these are the things that, that God does in and through different 
moms. And so uh, if you are here today and your mom is no longer here and your mom is no longer around, and I know that there's some, Mother's Day is good and Mother's Day is hard and it's all these different things. Um, my mom is gone. And so I would just encourage you just to keep those good memories and keep those good experiences in your heart. And to just, if you're a, if you're a guy, man, just love on, your, love on your wife or love on another mom in a, like an encouraging way to, to build up and encourage and just say, you know what, there's somebody doing what my mom used to do, and I'm going to love on and encourage them. Do something to carry on and to support someone else that's in that role and use your energy and your time that way because God wants those moms to have support. It is a lot of work. It is a lot of work. They make it look easy. They sacrifice all the time, but it is so much work taking care of kids and taking care of family. And they could use so much more encouragement, a lot less judgment or criticism sometimes, like, Mom, why isn't this done? Or, Mom, why didn't that happen? Or, or how come my mom's not like this? But to just say, you know what? I'm just going to show appreciation, encouragement, and love. And so the one thing I want to do, I'm going to bring up Daruji here in just a second, who's going to share a poem. But um, if you are a, someone here who no longer has your mom uh, here with you, or that didn't know your mom, uh, and you're here, I would like to pray for you. Uh, because I know that God wants to bring healing, and, and he wants to bring comfort, and he wants to care for you. And I know that we can get into Mother's Day, and it's celebration, and it's awesome. And we're going to do lunch, and we're going to have fun, and we're going to have family. And some people, they leave, and they can't do that. They just never knew who their mom was, or anything like that. So if that is you, um, is it okay if we pray for you? If we take just a minute to do that, um, if you would just raise your hand, I know that's vulnerable, uh, but just so we can see you, I see lots of hands, we can see you. If you're close to somebody with their hand up, okay, can you just turn and pray for them? Uh, and just a quick prayer, just put your hand on their shoulder or something and pray for them. We can see some ladies right here, I know there's some guys in the back. Father, we just lift up, Lord, those that have lost their moms, Lord, that don't have them to celebrate with today. Lord, we thank you for the celebration and just, Lord, the commitment and the, Lord, just the perseverance and the strength and the things that moms, both bio moms, Lord, and adoptive and foster moms, Lord, bring into the lives of everyone that they touch. But Lord, for those that don't have them around anymore, God, Lord, we pray, Lord, that that void, that, that hurt, that pain, that emptiness, Lord, that regret maybe of a relationship that wasn't there, God, whatever it might be, Lord, that you will touch them right now. Lord, that you will bring peace, that you will bring comfort. Lord, that you will uh, just by your spirit, Lord, lift them up today. Lord, encourage them today. God, give them a hope and a joy. Lord, put a heart in them, Lord, to uh, just be Father, at peace. Lord, to take the good that was there. Lord, to let go of anything that was bad. Lord, to reflect on the time they had, Lord, and let go of the time that they don't have. And to just really, Lord, live in a place, Father, of peace and of gratitude. Lord, for what their mom did in their life. Lord, even if that was only, only to bring them in the world. Even if that was all they ever really added. God, we pray that they could rest in the gratitude of that today. 
In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. All right, Daruji, you want to come up? Uh, and uh, we're going to have Daruji perform uh, just a beautiful poem that he wrote about moms. And so hopefully moms, just listen to all the words and be encouraged. And if you're not a mom, listen to the words and think of, man, I need to write a poem like this and go sing it to my mom today because it's pretty good. And if you can't do that, I'm sure he'll let you steal the words, take them, and uh, just share his song with them. Happy Mother's Day. Go ahead and play the track. Dear Mama, it only took getting older before I finally learned that as far as a mother is concerned, the extent of her love and her compassion, her advice and sacrifice, it would take multiple lifetimes to attempt to be returned. It only took getting older before I could finally see that all the weight on your shoulders were, were actually boulders, see? But you carried them so effortlessly. You made it seem like wings, yet you've been through all the things. So I wrote this just to tell you that I love and adore you. I can't deny that you are the best. You are a gift from God. You are blessed. I finally understand that life doesn't come with the manual. It comes with the mom. Like you were predestined in position to handle all the chaos and keep calm. Because for as long as I've known you, since I was a kid, I have never known anyone that did as much as you did. And so I sit back and I wonder, thinking, Mama, how did you do it? All the nights with no slumber, Mama, how did you did it? How did you do it? You never quit, but you could have. No, you stayed through all the drama, overcame all the trauma, and I know you've been through it. Yet you never gave up, regardless of what was done. You taught me how to work hard, taught me how to love hard, taught me how to forgive, but also taught me how to have fun. So it doesn't matter how old I am, it doesn't matter how much I've got, I have never forgot all the lessons that my mama taught. Like when you said, love God, love people, and be irreplaceable everywhere you go. You said the world is a dark place, so my son, shine your light, make sure you glow. And it's amazing how you led by example, because even in the darkest of times, I have only seen you shine. You've helped so many people. You were our lifeline. And when I said, Mama, what can I do for you? You said, nothing, baby, I'm fine. You were my role model before I knew what the word meant. Blood, sweat, and tears, you always gave over 110%. It's amazing because as soft as you are, you've always been my rock. Guarding us like a hawk, caring for us around the clock. And even when you were down, you made me keep my head up. It amazes me how you never gave up. You are a virtuous, a powerful, a gracious, and amazing lady. And as old as I am, you still call me a little baby. Wow. Mama, you helped me to be me. You showed me what it means to love unconditionally because you comforted me in all my lows and you celebrated with me in all my highs. And so for everything I put you through, I have to apologize. But I constantly reflect and wonder, Mama, how did you do it? When the storms of life came through, how did you make it feel like breeze? And in the 
midst of all the chaos, you still got all your degrees. <laughs> so much pain you've alleviated while making moves that were calculated. You've always been so well educated. Love can never be fabricated. Your love can never be replicated. But you've always been underestimated. Now I understand why Tupac stated, there's no way I could pay you back. But the plan is to show you. <laughs> the plan, the plan is to show you that I understand. You are appreciated. Happy Mother's Day. Mother's Day. Woo. Thank you for that. the next step and visit www.thebeatchurch.com and get connected with a community committed to applying these truths in their everyday lives. You can also give now to support our messages by visiting www.thebeatchurch.com slash give.